Jen, there's been a real um, kind of cottage industry here. Uh, are people being too hard on AOC and Bernie and the squad? Are we being, are we not being good allies as they call it? Or, or um, are, should you call them sellouts? Should you call them frauds? I get grief for not using such language, but I got to tell you, <sighs> I really think there is, you know how like in relationships, sometimes there's a disconnect, you know, one person wants some X and one person wants Z and your wires are being crossed and you feel you're, you're you know, you're just not being fulfilled in, in what you need. And that person, whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship, a romantic relationship, whatever, that person told you or presented themselves as X, but they're giving you Y or Z. Terrible analogy, I know. But <laughs> reading this story over the last days, and I know I'm going to be attacked. Uh, you're going too hard or you're making a uh, mounted out of a mohawk. But reading this story, let me just show you guys what I'm talking about from Politico, uh, where AOC apparently was basically taking donations that her donors sent and sending it to, like, quote unquote, at risk Democrats. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Democrats in, quote unquote, swing districts that are generally right-wing Democrats. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole story, but as the midterm campaign uh, campaign's first fundraising deadline approached this week, several vulnerable Democrats got an unwelcome surprise in their accounts. Ooh, 5,000 from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> the New York Democrat sent the contribution to her colleagues to help keep the House majority ahead of a tough cycle without directly contributing to the Democratic, the, the DCCC. Uh, the DCCC is the, you know, the House campaign arm, uh, which basically said, basically barred any consultants or any ad makers uh, from who worked with AOC or other incumbents, excuse me, challengers to incumbents. Um, so basically to give you the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts, AOC took money that was donated to her from her, you know, her supporters and was routing some of that money to swing district Democrats, such as Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania, um, Alyssa Slotkin. Let me get the, uh, let me make sure I have the names right here. Yeah. Um, you know, some of it went to Katie Porter and some that are more towards the left, but some of it went, you know, AOC's money poses a problem. It went to Democrats such as Congresswoman Jared Golden of Maine, who is pretty conservative, uh, Alyssa Slotkin of Michigan, Connor Lamb of Pennsylvania. Uh, just to give you, if you don't know, Connor Lamb, this is from Jacobin, perhaps the most glaring is recently reelected Connor Lamb, who has become something of a figurehead for the party's conservatives media campaign against progressives. Despite telling the New York Times last week that, quote, people are not clamoring for single payer health care, Lamb has repeatedly faced pressure from constituents to support such a policy. At a 2019 town hall, he was met with, quote, call after call for a single payer health care or Medicare for all system, according to a local report. So that's Connor Lamb, 
few months later, he again braved challenge from irate constituents, many of them the kind of liberal suburbanites not known for typically agitating for left-wing causes, uh, disappointed with Congress's lack of movement on progressive priorities. When a nurse urged him to sign on to Medicare for All, Lamb insisted most people in the district were pretty happy with their insurance. So that's who Connor Lamb is. He also happens to be um, a mother fracker, loves fracking, uh, <laughs> obviously pretty, pretty different uh, than what AOC and most of her donors stand for, I would say. Um, he is against the Green New Deal. I don't even know if he's honestly for $15 minimum wage. Alyssa Slotkin, again, in Michigan, uh, she's not on board with Medicare for All. I don't think she's on board with the Green New Deal. And before I get to why this is problematic, obviously the devil's advocate position, Jen, is, well, Jordan, it's $5,000. That's nothing. And, you know, maybe if she plays nice and helps these people, um, they'll do, you know, they'll return the favor, so to speak, when it's time for, you know, us to challenge or pressure on progressive priorities. And my thought to me, the money is secondary. I mean, I would be pissed off if I donated to AOC. And I think most people that don't donate to AOC Jen are like actual progressives. So I don't yeah. think they probably knew that some of that money might, even if it's $5 would have been rerouted yeah. to conservative Democrats. But yeah. to me, Second to the money, Jen, I think this, again, just shows more and more of the, if you call it a strategy, to me, what is a failed strategy of the progressive left, which is let's try and establish relationships with these corporatists. Let's try and, you know, do, you know, work with them, uh, thinking that if we just send them money or we just work with them or we just try and go out to dinner with them, and we just show them outside the window at what people really want, then they'll come closer to our side, which to me basically is a misunderstanding of who these people are. They're corporatists for a reason. They've sold their morals at the front door. They've sold their principles at the front door. Uh, and it, by the way, it has always been a misnomer that, oh, they have to be this way because they're in more swing districts. No. If Connor Lamb ran as AOC, he would win. You got to have charisma and stand for something. He'd probably win in that Pennsylvania district. Alyssa Slotkin, who AOC gave money to, she's in a swing district in Michigan. She'd probably win if she ran on these policies because they're wildly popular. It's just bullshit manufacturing consent. The media makes it seem like these people need to be towards the right to win in these swing, swing districts. But to me, secondary from the money, it just shows what is the left doing? Like, what is your strategy? Is your strategy basically to spend the next 15, 20 years trying to one by one pick off these corporatists to your side? Because if that's the case, we're all going to be dead by the time we get Medicare for all. Your thoughts? Well, wouldn't don't you think that she would say she's not, maybe she's trying to win them over a little bit. Like, when you give someone a gift, like psychologically, they, they, and in marketing, like they are more likely to feel indebted to you and like more endeared to you and like do what you want. Like that's a, that's a, um, the psychology of persuasion. That's, that's one of the principles of that. But she would say, I think, no, these people are in risky positions. I'm just trying to help them win. Because if I don't, 
then their spot will go to a Republican. And isn't that worse? So. But that's not what she campaigned on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think think that's her bullshit answer. Right. And by the way, I'm just picking on AOC because this is the this is the this is the story. I mean, this is the financial transactions. Mm-hmm. It's possible mm-hmm. that money donated to Rokana is going. We don't know. I mean, I would I would need I don't have time right now, but we would. I'm sure if we look into it, there are other progressives taking donate donor money and routing it to others. I mean, AOC makes the most out of any of the squad, but I, you know, to me, we're talking about AOC because this is the one that it came out that she was doing this donor money. But to me, it's across the board, this entire squad. And let me show uh, Colin's wonderful graphic here. It's the entire um, squad because at the end of the day, you didn't run on trying to slowly pick off more corporatists to cop on to Medicare for all. You didn't run on, oh, Eureka, we got this corporate Democrat to sign his name onto Medicare for all. Big victory. Uh, we, you didn't run necessarily on, like, let's get an exemption to PAYGO. You ran on bringing the ruckus to the Democratic Party. That was what yep. AFC ran on. Rashida Tlaib, who, you know, I like all of these people's policies, but Rashida Tlaib, pretty much the same thing. Uh, Ayanna Presley, eh, she's more on the Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, wing, I would say, uh, Jamal Bowman, same thing, Corey Bush, who I happen to know, I I've interviewed her in the field. I, I, you know, she was there when I was covering the St. Louis black lives matter protests, uh, years ago when Ty and I was arrested. I, I think she's the real deal. So I'm not like attacking them as bought off. I don't think that's the case, but I am strongly criticizing them as a naive and B, ineffective. This is an ineffective strategy. Um, Connor Lamb, first of all, that political story, I'm not going to like continue reading the whole thing, but it's not only that giving them the money isn't going to bring them over. They are actively sending the money back. They are actively sending the, the $5,000. Some mm-hmm. of them are sending it back. And the thing is, ask Bernie Sanders, if, if AOC is watching, Go ask Bernie Sanders and other progressives that have twisted themselves into human pretzels, politically prostituted themselves. Yes, politically prostituted themselves for Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Go ask them when the when the favor was returned. Bernie Sanders during a pandemic at 79 literally went around the country for Joe Biden. He went around at 79 physically more than anyone else for Joe Biden. And what did Joe Biden do right away? Gave up on a $15 minimum wage, pulled back on $2,000 checks. I mean, it's it's right in front of us. So to me, Jen, and I'd love your thoughts. The sin is not that Congresswoman AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley and Ro Khanna and Pramila Jayapal and Cory Bush and the whole squad plus whatever you want to call it. The sin is not that they haven't won yet or that they haven't gotten Medicare for all yet, or they haven't gotten a $15 minimum wage yet. That's not the ultimate thing that I have a problem with. The sin is, you know, you don't seem to be actually smartly fighting for it. That's what yeah. doesn't make sense to me. How are you going to get a $15 minimum wage if you're not right now saying to Joe Biden publicly, 
in front of the cameras, dead on arrival. Your infrastructure bill, dead on arrival. Anything you want to do, dead on arrival. We, we stood by. We allowed you to gaslight us about the Senate parliamentarian in the COVID bill, and we voted for it, even though you abandoned your promise. But that's that. That's over. People have gotten the relief. And now you want, you want to achieve anything in this administration? Forget Joe Manchin. We have more power and we have more numbers than Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is one person. The squad has eight or nine in the House. Bernie can pretty much do what Joe Manchin is doing. Bernie could shut down anything in the Senate. So I don't get what is the strategy. And if there is one, please tell us. Yeah. Well, and like, so before I was playing devil's advocate, so two AOCs like pretend answer that, oh, you know, I'm just trying to help them win. Your $5,000 is not going to swing anything. Your $5,000 is not going to make enough difference um, for you to give away money given in good faith from progressives that thought you were going, you AOC, that thought you were going to fight for Medicare for all the Green New Deal, et cetera. So why, as Jordan said, why is the squad not fighting? They have the numbers. Why are they cowering to these corporatist Democrats? Why are they cowering to Joe Biden? I don't understand what the squad is doing. I don't understand what AOC is doing If AOC's point is that people should be organizing and that that's what it's going, that's what it's going to take. We have to organize. We have to organize. That's what it's, that's what we need. You are in Congress. (laughs) Like that's the goal, right? Like you're in Congress. You are a lawmaker. That's what people aspire to in order to make a difference. You have organizers that are out there. You have people out there making a difference. But you, AOC, and you, rest of squad, you are the people. You are in power right now, right here and now. And you do have the numbers. So stop talking a good game and do it. But I want to I point out something that is kind of like this devil's advocate that people keep saying to me, but doesn't make any sense to me, Jen. They say, well, Jordan, would you rather it, would you rather her not give them the money and they then lose the district to a Republican? And the answer is, yeah, I would. Because we, we didn't elect AOC and these right, uh, the progressive Democrats to just help us avoid the Republicans, to just help us get marginally better to just help us stay rotted in this perpetual lesser of two evils. That's what that mindset is. When I see people responding, because I tweeted about this over the weekend. And when I see people responding, well, Jordan, would you prefer her not to help them? And then a Republican get the district? You know, of course, I don't want a Republican to get the district. But if it's just going to stay Connor Lamb and we're still not going to have $15 minimum wage and we're still not going to have Medicare for all and we're still not going to have a Green New Deal, then, yeah, it's it's a difference. What do they say? It's it's a distinction without a difference or something like that. Like, OK, yeah. Connor Lamb might be a little less racist than the Republican will replace him. But I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I'm a journalist, but like 
I'm assuming our viewers and activists I know and have interviewed did not knock on doors for AOC and these other progressives to make sure that a marginally better person in a swing district will stay in office. And I also think with that mindset, we're continuing to operate on the neoliberal playing field. That's the mm-hmm. neoliberal playing field. That's the manufacturing cons- consent playing field in terms of, well, we've got to keep that Dem majority. It's better than the Republicans. No, 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 no. We got to break out of that. And that's what those people like AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, yes, the Justice Democrats, that's what they sold themselves as. That's what they marketed yeah. themselves as, as we're taking it to the Democratic Party. Well, mm. where, I have a lot of things to say about Justice Democrats. Where, where is the fight? I'm not expecting miracles. I'm not expecting miracle work. Frankly, if they would have done force the vote, which I was a proponent of, it frankly would not have gotten Medicare for all. But I don't think all the people that are disappointed right now, I don't think their disappointment is is that, I don't think their disappointment is based in that they're just not getting the results yet. Nobody, I don't, and I don't think you, Jen, nobody expects AOC and the progressives to be miracle workers. We did not become We did not become the United Corporations of America overnight. We did not become the United Corporations of America overnight. And we're not going to completely um, sanitize this rotten system overnight. It's going to take years. It might take decades. But you don't do that unless you, frankly, go to war guerrilla style. And you. this is the point that really makes me angry, Jen, is you have you have the people behind you. You have the people behind you, but they're squandering the arm. They're doing what Obama did. I mean, Obama was a fraud. He fooled me. He fooled Jewel. He fooled half the, half the country. But mm. Obama had a huge army of volunteers when he got in the White House, and he left them on the White House lawn and instead you know, gave sexual favors to Goldman Sachs and Wall Street mm. and the rest of them. Excuse my French. So <laughs> this is the wrong strategy. You know, I see the comments saying, Jordan, you're naive. It's because they're bought off. I wish it was that simple. I honestly don't think it's because they're bought off. I think I think they're politically naive. And when I hear AOC, and Jen, you you mentioned this, when I keep hearing, I think she gave an interview to the Democratic Socialist magazine or something like that. Yeah. When I heard her continue to the, say. That, yeah, to the. To the um, Democratic Socialist the, of America. Yeah, yeah, of America. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't know what the publication was, but it was a DSA based thing. When I keep hearing her say, we just need to organize more. Well, we have organized and we got a number of progressives in Congress right now that have the ability to set the agenda or block the agenda. So, yeah, I understand it doesn't stop with them. We got to organize for a whole lot of other things in this country. But how much more organizing do you have to do? You have the numbers right now. Let me just tell you, Jen. I mean, it's not like I'm brilliant on UK politics, but this is kind of common practice in other countries that if you if one party has a slim majority, which the Democratic Party right now has a one seat majority, which is the vice president breaking the tie, then a minority within that majority is basically as powerful as the prime minister, the president. So right now, the progressives are as powerful more powerful, frankly, than Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Frankly, if you look at it a certain way, they're more powerful than Joe Biden. 
But because they right now could shut down everything that Biden wants to do. Of course, the media would be brutal. Let's not pretend the media would paint them as pariahs. We know that. But from a tactical point, they could shut it all down, but they're choosing not to. And I want to show a clip, Jen. Uh, Mehdi Hassan, who I guess has been filling in on MSNBC, I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. But he <laughs> kind of tepidly, but kind of sort of challenged Bernie on this point. Like, why aren't you playing the hardball that Joe Manchin is? Let's take a look at what Bernie had to say, which, frankly, wasn't much of anything. Uh, let's take a look. In the grassroots movement, a lot of frustrated progressives, especially online, and you know this, often ask, why can't you, Bernie Sanders, use the leverage that Joe Manchin often uses to get his own way on issues like the $15 minimum wage or expanding health care? Why can't you throw your weight around, they say, threaten to vote well, against first things of like all, Joe Manchin so successfully does? Results, first of all, if you look at the results of what happened, uh, the like, look, I'm not the president. But I think what most people would tell you is what we did in the rescue plan was the most significant piece of legislation for working class people in the modern yes. history of this country. And we're moving forward in a similar direction. We can't get everything we want. That's simple, simply the reality. Any one person can say no. Uh, but right now, I think we are moving forward. We're going to push it as hard as we possibly can. Uh, and I'm proud of, of the direction in which we are moving. I hate to cut off the OG, but I got to <laughs> stop it right there. We'll play the rest of the clip. But first of all, I'm just being honest, Jen. And I, you know, I, I do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I know there's a lot of people <laughs> who literally have unsubscribed because I won't call Bernie a sellout and I won't call him a fraud. <laughs> I'm just not going to go for clicks. Okay. I respect what Bernie has done. There, frankly, there was no progressive movement in America before mm -hmm. Bernie. Uh, yeah. So I don't believe in throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But what I do believe is we could criticize him in real time. And mm -hmm. I don't know if, and you know, I don't want to get into sources, but I know people in Bernie's world who are equally as dismayed, shall I say? Because what the hell are you talking about, Bernie? This was the most significant piece of legislation like in the 21st century. It's a temporary Band-Aid, this $1.9 trillion stimulus. Yeah, what the it, hell? It, I mean, it's all temporary. I don't, you know, there are some good things in it, but okay, so we're going to cut poverty in half for six months until all of these provisions are gone. I mean, that's what this is. All of it's temporary. And by the way, Biden, for his infrastructure plan, Jen, just proactive, uh, preemptively, without even being forced to, said, yeah, we don't think we're going to be able to make those child tax credits permanent. Nobody's, it's the same thing he did with the Senate parliamentarian and the $15 minimum wage. Preemptively, he's not being challenged, basically, wave the red flag without even being challenged. It's because his right. donors won't let him. And Bernie, mm -hmm. maybe he's tired. He's been running around the country like a madman at, a, at an old age. And that's fine. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. But you're wrong if you think that what just passed is anything more than a glorified Band-Aid for a gaping economic gunshot wound. And the gaping yeah. economic gunshot wound came long before COVID. And the other thing, Jen, he says, I'm not the president, but you have the power to stop the president. That's the whole point. That's what Medi was getting at. You have, as one senator, the criticism before, you know, Bernie didn't have the numbers where Bernie literally could shut down anything. But 
you have just like Joe Manchin is doing right now. I'm going to show you in a little bit. He's saying, nah, we're not raising the corporate tax rate to 28 percent. Uh, Bernie has that power. So, yeah, you might not be the president, but you, your single vote with these progressives in the House has the power to set the agenda. You might not get everything you want, but if the progressives and Bernie said, yeah, we're not voting for your infrastructure plan unless $15 minimum wage is in there, Medicare for all gets a floor vote and a couple other things, maybe you won't get all of it. Maybe you'll get one or two of it by playing hardball. But that's the point. He kind of dodged that question. And in not just dodging it, he gave what I think was a, a, just a wrong answer that this, what we already mm -hmm. got was somehow, he's making it seem like this is the new New Deal, Jen. Yeah, I I have to say that that's, uh, I don't, I really don't know what to make of that. Like that is so clearly not the case. You know, what Bernie said is so clearly not the case that I am baffled. Um, I don't know why he would say that. I don't know if he truly thinks that. I don't know if he feels like he has to say that in order to get something else. Like, is he playing some kind of long game? Um, am I being naive? Uh, is something else going on? Well, Jen, you're a fraud. You're a fraud for not. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fraud and I won't allow it. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, that's not good, Bernie. And, and the thing that really puzzles me, and I get it, like people just want this to be very simple. They just want to call them fraud, sellouts, and go scorched earth. But the thing is, to me, I think actions speak louder than words. And I truly believe that a lot of these people, it's not that they're bought off. A lot of them get into Washington and actually kind of get brainwashed a little bit. I'm talking about AOC, Rashida Tlaib, mm -hmm. Omar, Ro Khanna, Pramila Jayapal. They kind of get brainwashed into thinking, no, you got to play this inside game to get anything. You got to work. You got to work your colleagues a little bit. You got to show them the temperature outside. You got to show them and, and convince them that, no, no, you don't have to take the corporate money. If you go with the policies that are popular, you, you'll get a lot of small dollar no donations. And they actually truly believe wrongly that you can get these people to come onto your side and do the right thing. But the problem is you're not dealing with people that are operating in good faith. You're dealing with people who have shown by their actions, I'm talking about Connor Lamb, Alyssa Slotkin, you know, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. You're dealing with people that don't think it's corrupt to take money from banks and fossil fuel companies and big pharma and big real estate and Silicon Valley and defense contractors. They don't think that's corrupt. They just think that's the price of doing business in D.C., I want to just read one more thing, and it kind of just loops in everything. I mean, this is out today. Biden says higher corporate tax won't hurt the economy. Manchin opposes it, 28%, which is a joke, because even if it went to 28%, none of these companies are paying 28%. You're lucky if you can get any of these companies, Amazon, Walmart, uh, Home Depot. You, you're lucky to get them to pay anything. Actually, Amazon, if, I think two years ago, got a rebate. Literally got money from the federal government. But here it is. Everything we're talking about. Joe Manchin? Nope, not doing it. Pro proposed increase is part of the administration's effort to fund its $2 trillion infrastructure proposal. 
which of course is nonsense. We have the money to do it. We don't have to pay for it. Um, and Manchin, uh, let's see what he said here. Uh, even conservative Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia said Monday that he opposes the White House plan if it would raise the corporate tax to 28 percent. He did signal that he could be open to a partial roadblock, a partial roadblock of Trump's corporate tax cut to 25 percent versus the 28 percent. Quote, as the bill exists today, it needs to be changed. Manchin told blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think the corporate rate should have never been under 25%. That's the worldwide average. And that's what basically every every corporation would have told you was fair. Uh, so, okay, Joe Manchin. And by the way, the key difference here, the key difference here, Jen, is Biden knows Joe Manchin's serious. Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer know, oh, crap. Uh, Manchin, he's going to muddy up the works here. And yeah. Possibly, if we really take him out by the knees, he'll cave, but it's going to take a lot of work. Um, they know he's serious because he basically has blocked things in the past, not just like he did it when Obama was president. Whereas Bernie and AOC and the squad, they refuse even pre pre preemptively now to come out and do the same exact thing Joe Manchin is doing. They could do what Joe Manchin is doing on the opposite end and say, yeah, no, we're not we're not even entertaining your infrastructure bill until the $15. You ran on $15 minimum wage. That has to be the first priority, even before infrastructure. So figure it out. But we're not we are not voting for anything, infrastructure or anything else for that matter, until you put $15 minimum wage on the floor and you, the president, you need to will Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and the rest of these despicable cretins who voted against it. Uh, including Chris Coons of Delaware, Tom Carper of Delaware. Um, you need to, you need to lead. Lyndon Johnson was terrible on uh, certain things like Vietnam, but he knew how to, you know, take people out by the knees and twist their arms to do what he wanted. Biden likes to say, I've been in the Senate for 50 years and I, you know, I know the ways of Washington. Well, you could lead, but he doesn't want to lead because his donors don't want $15 minimum wage. Let's be clear. And that's, that's part of why he's not pushing it. He said it to get elected, but he's not pushing it because there's no there's certainly no pressure among Joe Biden's donors for a $15 minimum wage. But what Joe Manchin is doing right now, putting his marker down, saying I'm not going for 28 percent, putting his marker down. Uh, we're going to have to talk about even two trillion for the infrastructure bill. There's more. Joe Manchin's one person. Bernie plus the squad could do that times 10. They're choosing not to. At a certain point, at a certain point, Jen. What, whatever people want to call them at a certain point, you got to say uh, you so, you presented yourself as X and you're not delivering on what you campaigned on. So we're going to primary you or we're not going to donate to you anymore. We're not going to retweet you anymore. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I can't worship politicians. There's people like you said that we like on Twitter continually giving her the benefit of the doubt every time. And at a certain point, those people are worshiping AOC and not looking at it objectively. Yeah, 100%. I think um, it, there, there's no clear answer as to why. I don't understand why the squad, why AOC, why Bernie, why aren't they pushing for these? Why aren't they doing the Joe Manchin tactic? I 
you, you know me, Jordan, like one of my main things as a person is I am always trying to understand the psychology of people. What makes people tick? They're Why all, are they they're all rotten. That's it. <laughs> that must be it. But like, what, what is the driving force here? Do they really think that they're still on the path of good? Do they really think that they're going to get a better outcome by playing the game the, the way that they are? I, I think I'm probably with rose colored glasses with Bernie and I fully admit this. I do think that that's the case with him, but maybe I'm just like, he's my grandpa and like, that's what I think. Um, with AOC, I am leaning towards, I think she's been corrupted. Um, but I, I can't understand it from, from a, a standpoint of like, of, of psychology or motivation. And it's, it's driving me crazy because the reason we were excited about these people is because we thought we were getting change and we aren't, and they aren't fighting. And I, you know, they, are, you know, AOC hasn't supposedly been corrupted by donors yet. So what's happening? Is there the promise of this in the future? Is she being taken aside by, by these people? Um, who are promising her things is, is are the Nancy Pelosi's are our senators are people high in the house and in the Senate are they taking her aside and saying okay do this for us now and in five years we'll give you this is she playing a game for better what's happening in those halls of Congress there has to be something happening with AOC because of her popularity she's like you know, she's the cool kid in high school where they they know they, they have to play her special because she's a celebrity now and she's like X, Y, Z. I, I can't figure it out. And it's driving me crazy because I really and so many people really believed in her. And I think the squad defers to her. Um, and I have to say, as much as I admire Cori Bush. She hasn't yet been the firebrand that I thought she would be. She I has thought she would Republicans, not Democrats. Yeah. Well, I thought she would come out the door like leader, like, here's what we're gonna do. Um, but she seems to be kind of like watching her step for now, much more than I thought. So we'll see what she does. Uh, but I I just I can't figure anyone out at this point. I guess that's politics. Uh, I, I just, I really, um, I'm a naive Pollyanna and I think I always will be, but I, I really thought with save, the squad. I'm going to save you saying that, by the way. Huh? I'm going to save you saying that, that you're naive. <laughs> I'll always admit that. I'll always have, a, I'll always have hope, but I'm, I'm, um, as many people are out there, I'm um, disappointed in, in our elected leaders, for sure. These progressives that we we all fought for. So, bottom line, to me, these people are weak. I don't know how to say it. I'm a white dude. I get that they're women of color, a lot of them, and they get death threats, and and it's a lot easier saying this on YouTube than being inside Congress and getting the pressure but you signed up for it. 
this is what AOC signed up for. This is what the squad signed up for. You also marketed yourself as this. So it would be the equivalent of status quo saying, um, as marketing ourselves as we are the only ones that go out there and cover the stories the corporate media covers up. It would be like us marketing ourselves as that. FYI, we are the only ones that goes out there and covers the stories in the field that the corporate media covers up and then switching to do 40 videos on Trump a week. That would kind of be out of step with how we present ourselves to the public, right? Well, it's kind of like that right now. It's kind of like that where they are representing themselves as bringing the fight to the Democratic Party. You remember AOC standing on the bar the night she won? Mm -hmm. That's the AOC I signed up for. And you want to know something? Mm -hmm. It's not, not only, you know, it doesn't, we don't expect you to be victorious right away. Nobody does. I don't even think Jimmy does, who has been leading, you know, leading the naysayers against their actions. But we do expect you to try and fight and move the needle. And they're not doing that right now. So to me, this is weakness and it's naivete. I think Bernie, and I've said this since day one, including 2016, he's a revolution, he's a, is a revolutionist stuck in a politician's body, Bernie. Mm. Uh, and that's the point. You called it a revolution, Bernie. AOC and the squad, they've used those kind of terms. Well, I'm waiting for the revolution. 